I'm Cameron Strang, and welcome to Unedited. My guests today are worship leaders Brian and Katie Torwalt. They recently released an EP called Praise Before My Breakthrough that's kind of an unusual album for worship artists. It's a deeply personal collection of songs talking about struggle, pain, and trusting God in the midst of hard seasons. It doesn't have the neatly tied up answers. It wasn't written on the quote unquote victory side of things. The album has been deeply personal for me and some of my close friends who've gone through challenging seasons recently. It gives you words you wouldn't have otherwise. It's a great example of the power of music to heal and give hope. My nine-year-old son teases me because it's pretty much all we listen to on the way to school in the mornings. Brian and Katie are part of the Jesus Culture Movement out of Northern California. And while I've connected to that movement over the years, I'd never had a chance to meet them. So when they came through town recently, I jumped at the opportunity to sit down and have the conversation you're about to hear. Yes, you'll hear me fan out a little bit about how much their album means to me personally. So just deal with that. Here is my conversation with Brian and Katie Torvald. I'll praise before my So I, I saw you guys at the Grammys. Congratulations. Yeah, we, we got to go this year. Was that really was crazy. Cool. It was crazy. <laughs> it was such a crazy experience, like so out of our norm, but a lot of fun. And then it was really special getting to go as a group. Yeah. Like with our whole, like tons of our friends. You guys had a ton of people there. Yeah. There was a big group of us. I don't, I don't think they really knew what to do with us, honestly. Like when we were walking the red carpet, that's in quotes, because it's just like crazy. I don't know. Um, they separated us like five times because they were like, you guys are all together. We're like, yeah. <laughs> Please let us take a picture together. Yeah. It, was, it was so glamorous and everything. So oh, yeah, glamorous. It was fun. It, we that- just went, all, we're like, we might never come back here again, so... Oh, please Let's get the Come on. fanciest clothes we possibly could. and Whatever, you owned that tux before. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a liar. Oh, no. He had the tux from a couple years ago. We did the Christmas yeah. thing. Actually, you, with our mutual friends. You wore friends. an old tux to the Grammys. I know. Well, yes. <laughs> it fit good. <laughs> it fits him really well. It looked great. But yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. Is it, it weird for you guys? Like, I'm sitting there looking at, at your post and Chris's post uh-huh. and, at least, and everybody, and it's like, it's amazing you're being recognized, right? Mm-hmm. Is it a weird tension that like the art that you're creating is not to win awards, you know? And mm-hmm. here you are in this thing where it's like all about self-promotion almost <laughs> yeah. or self-congratulation. Totally. Oh, I think yeah. I, maybe a little bit. It, no, you're like, no, it was great. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I loved it. I, I think it, even out, I mean, what we make is for the Lord. It's like, it's full worship, you know, for yeah. churches and for people to connect to the Lord. But then there's still the the creative side of us, the artist side of us that that still is, we're still insecure. We're still all those things. And so to be recognized in any way, shape or form, it's still like there is some type of affirmation that inside like, okay, I am doing something, you know, that is making a difference, and I think for us, well, hold on, hold on, though. So when you're in a, <laughs> you're in a room when there's five thousand people yeah. like singing every word that you wrote, there's not affirmation. <laughs> no, in that. there isn't that. There's more in that. Than I Grammys. think it was more humbling than yeah. anything. To yeah, be honest. to go to the Grammys. Yeah, yeah. I think um, 
you know, you could sit in a room like that full of, it is different than what we do, but oh, yeah. there's a huge level of excellence yeah. in everybody's going to have different opinions about this. But for me, it was a lot of inspiration just because the level of excellence and stewardship with the craft and the art behind a lot of these performances and, and albums and people being celebrated, it was super inspiring. I'm oh, like, yeah. music is so much bigger than us and the power that it holds so much bigger than even we've seen so far in the church, I think. Worship has its own anointing and like presence and impact that goes way beyond, hopefully, just like, you know, the typical song or whatever. But I think that it was just really special and inspiring being in that room and um, getting to dress up was really fun. I'm not going to play it down. It was so fun. It was fun to see our friends dressed up. Like yeah. one of our good friends, Chris McCarney, he is like, he's always showing up in a hoodie and Converse. Yeah. And I was like so excited just to see him dressed up. I was like, he went to, look uh, at you, look amazing. Yeah, he went to, he's like, I got a suit guy. Don't tell us secrets. <laughs> you got a suit guy. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's he, impressive. He all in. But that was just fun alone. And then just celebrating music and art and stuff. I think yeah. we're we're all about that. We're, was, we're, yeah, we're fans of music. We listen to all kinds of music all the time. Yeah. And so. Were you guys fanning? Like, were you fans? Oh, like, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. I was. I, I, mean, was. I saw Chris like posting with like Fred Armisen. Uh huh. Right? I know, random, right? Instead I love of his it. His wife. He posted I know. a picture of him and Fred. <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. Um, I there was a Dolly Parton tribute, and I love Dolly, so yeah. that was really fun for me. Miley Cyrus sounded amazing live. It's crazy, amazing. She's yeah. Um, I like that room. she's found her lane now. Right? You I know? think so. Like she's, she tried a bunch of different things, yeah. And now she's like, nope. Yeah. She found her lane. It, she has a confidence that she didn't use. She have. does. And it was interesting just being in the room opposed to watching it on TV because you also you kind of get to choose what you're looking at and, and taking in as opposed to what they're showing you on TV, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then the room sounded really good. That the Alicia Keys, like, oh, medley. Mm -hmm. that not, was so like, the good. double pa piano was cool, but then her whole, like, the story intertwined with all the songs. It was, it, like, it felt really amazing in the room. It was really cool. Yeah. She hosted, like, her, her whole night was amazing. I loved yeah. what she did with, like, the platform. And she, like, I don't yeah. know. It was, it was like really fun. empowering. And it was cool. really fun. The, like it's the night, like the Grammys reminds you how powerful music is. Yes. You know, like it's yeah. the soundtrack of our lives. I mean, there's, you hear a song and it takes you somewhere, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, something that you guys' uh, EP, has, I mean, it has been, there's a friend of mine and, and I both like over the holidays, he was going through a super hard season mm -hmm. and, um, and you guys, your album was so impactful to him. And he was, you kept talking about it, right? And I, and I had heard it. Like, it's just one of those things that, like, we get a million submissions. I'll listen to it once, and I, mm -hmm. you know, you listen to the next one. And he kept talking about how it just, like, <laughs> impacted him. Oh, and so, so I put sweet. it on. And, and my son now makes fun of me because every morning <laughs> on the way to school, he's like, this again, this again. Oh, because there's only five songs, and so he's it's like, it's on heavy songs. repeat, and it's kind of slow, dude. I'm telling you, <laughs> it has it has been so. I mean, like, I don't know, 20 years from now, when I hear one of those songs, it's going to take back to the season. Wow, it has been so impactful to me personally. Like, I I have two of the five songs on our office playlist, and so like, prophesy your promise and stuff like, oh come on, and it's just like it changed the atmosphere in here. Trust you in the 
like it'll be like Drake and it'll be the toilet. <laughs> I love that. And, uh, and it is, I, I mean, at staff meeting three weeks ago, I literally just read the lyrics of a couple of the songs. Wow. Just because, and like people are in tears. I mean, it's like the, the music that y'all have made, not just the, you know, congregational worship stuff, which is impactful, but like this was so vulnerable and personal. Like, I don't know. Like, I just, are y'all aware? Uh, I mean, when you're making it, are you aware that like we're giving words to other people's situations and journeys? Like, I don't know if you know, like your voices and what God has did, did through you and in you has given words to moments that I've needed those words, you know? I mean, it's been really powerful. I mean, you guys. That's so cool. I know the answer is no, we did not know, you know, we never really know all the way back to our first album that we ever did. Um, we wrote that at a church. We were worship pastors at a church. It's been about seven, eight years ago. Yeah. Maybe even more. And we were writing songs. We were hoping that we were going to record them. We felt like we were going to record them. But we were writing them really for our church. And then we had no idea, you know, that God would use those beyond that. And so uh, one of our songs, that the more recognized song that we've ever written so far, Holy Spirit, was on that record. And... Our church definitely, like, it was an opportunity for us to teach um, our congregation about who we believe the Holy Spirit to be and how we have experienced Him so far, and really just a prayer for us all to declare together and pray together. And then, like, God took it much further than that and way beyond us, too, which was also really cool. And so every time we release new music, including this EP, I think this was just—this was another— I mean, for us, these songs were a landmark for us, too, of just, like, these were the songs we needed to pray, the words we needed to say and speak and declare now. And I will definitely look back and still—I'm still kind of living a little bit on the tail end of the season that I wrote these songs in. So I think that it has been a—it will—it'll be something that we'll come back to, hopefully, in 10 years and be like, remember what God did. Remember those moments. Yeah. And then— the bonus and the huge, amazing grace of God and fruit of that is other people being impacted by it too and getting to hopefully have words for themselves in the season that they're in, like you guys, and um, to sing out over their own life and, and to yeah. declare over their own life and yeah, prayers I, to pray. I think for us, there's been part of it, it feels like social media has made the world so much smaller and the access to, to hear people's stories and to connect. Um, but more than that, these songs from this EP really did come from a a place of just like we're releasing this in the middle of vulnerability and writing it not necessarily fully at the other side when most people when you feel like comfortable releasing something and so to get some of the response and the insta messages and facebook messages and stuff like that of people just sharing their stories of how it impacted them was extremely humbling and And really special, and, and it makes it feel like, okay, what, what we did, even if it was just that first weekend of people's responses, it was worth it kind of thing. So It's so cool to hear you say that, though. Yeah. I mean, I think even even in the studio when we went and recorded this, which we recorded this EP in Florida, so even coming back here, we've been back, I think, since, but I have, like, a special place in my heart for Florida now. <laughs> Wait, when did you um, record it? How long ago was it? We in, just recorded it in the summer, last summer. In July? Yeah. Was it an EP because it was so such a specific kind of almost like topical focus and uh-huh. it was like you didn't want to wait for the other seven yeah. songs? Like get it out. We need yeah. to get this out right now. Yeah. Basically, yeah. I mean, I think we it kind of goes against what we've done or what 
the industry and in the Christian industry still is doing with like full records and and everything. But Christian Christian industry is a little behind. um, We just felt really strong about putting the songs out now. And I don't know why. Like Brian was saying, he kind of said, but it felt like scarier because I was like, maybe we haven't finished the story yet. Like maybe we haven't, we're not fully through this. And I think even in the church world, you know, sometimes it feels, you feel unsure to talk about certain things that you're walking through, especially as a leader, because you're like, well, I don't want to slime anybody with this. Like I'm not, maybe I don't have the victory over this yet. Maybe I don't have like the authority over this yet. And do I want to share this in this vulnerable place or wait till I'm on the other side of it and I can break other people out of this season and and bring freedom to other people. And I think the Lord has really been speaking to us and, and to me about there's something beautiful, beautiful about sharing where you're at in the middle of it and being vulnerable and authentic in that. And it brings other people freedom. And we've seen now with, you know, like he was saying, mm-hmm. one of the positives of social media, we've seen the response that people actually have experienced, like a connection and freedom um, with us sharing these songs. And even, uh, anyway, yeah, I was just saying, like in the studio when we came here and we were writing, finishing up the songs, recording the songs, we would go into the studio. It was really unconventional for us. We'd go into the studio with... Um, literally just like a scratch track, just like an acoustic guitar and nothing, like no, no pre-production whatsoever. And some even unfinished songs. And there was a couple of songs like Prophesy Your Promise we finished in the studio in mm. a moment of like, God, how do you want to finish the story? Like, what else do you want to say? What mm. else do we need to say over ourselves right now? And like that second verse of that song, um, it's like you set a table in the middle of my war. You knew the outcome of it all. When what I look, uh, when I, what I face looked like it would never end. You said, "Watch the giants fall," and that was like the completion of that moment for us. And we finished that song that day, and we left and we it, and we were it. like, "Okay, we recorded it. It was done." And um, yeah, that was only this last summer, so mm-hmm. it's still pretty fresh with us. And yeah, yeah, I don't fun. know. I it's literally so humbling getting the messages that we're getting from people. I have been really sensitive to share any of them because most of the topics are really personal well yeah um but countless messages of people that were that are struggling with mental illness you know suicidal thoughts we had a a woman message us that has little ones and was it was like the weekend that that album came out and just saying you know this came out literally on the day that i needed it because i was going to take my life this weekend and i had just have no hope there's nothing i've been struggling with this for years and i just not have not had any breakthrough in this and I needed this prayer to pray today, and God knew it. And so, just stuff like that. That's and we just, just like, wept for a whole. We weekend. literally, yeah, we cried for like <laughs> it's crazy a couple weeks every day. I'm like, should we read any of these right now? I'm like, uh, and also, I just don't even know what to say to people other than just like, thank you, Jesus. Like, you met this person. Like, yeah, I, yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's like the the world we live in, especially the the stream that you guys are in, like it's not okay to talk about struggles. Right. It's yeah. not okay to be vulnerable about mental health issues mm-hmm. or depression mm-hmm. or, or struggling because, you know, kind of the, I, I mean, I grew up in the charismatic world. So yeah. it's like, you know, like it's about victory and it's about prosperity and it's about mm-hmm. overcoming. And it's mm-hmm. not about admitting that it's freaking hard and scary sometimes. And I think what was so just so much of a gut punch of your EP was like, it like, Oh my gosh, they get it too. Like I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you guys put words to stuff that everybody has seasons where they are scared and they don't know what's going on yeah. and they don't know what God's doing or 
you know, why the, why this happened to them. Mm-hmm. And we're not allowed to talk about that. Totally. Because you go to church on Sunday and you just got to be like all buttoned up, you know? Yeah. It was interesting. I, I was just on the plane over here. Um, me and Katie, we never fly separate from each other. And we've been flying with the baby a whole bunch in the last little while. But I was just on a plane by myself and I was like flipping through movies. And there was nothing that was super interesting to me. And I was like, hey, never watched this. So I, we don't really watch that many Christian movies, but I flipped off. <laughs> that maybe sounds bad, but but I started watching Paul, the Apostle of Christ. Have you seen it? No. No. Yeah. And so it was, you know, a plane movie. Okay, I'll watch it. And maybe, maybe like when you're flying, you just like a little more sensitive. I don't know what it is, but it definitely got to me. And there was something... It, it kind of made me think about this context of, you know, they're they're showing an idea of what it could have looked like of him in a Roman prison um, and Luke coming, sneaking in to meet him while the city's like burning in array and all this kind of stuff to write down the story of Paul. Hmm. And basically it's, it's Luke writing the story of Acts. But it's the context of I'm in the middle of struggle but I know truth. And so I'm going to choose to believe and articulate and speak truth and faith. I think that's something that we've really tried to do in the middle of this and with the language that we're using is not be oblivious or not, you know, not dismiss the fact that we're all going through stuff or that we personally have been going through a tougher season of life. But then in the middle of it, like grasp onto the hope and grasp onto truth and find a way to articulate and to sing that and to, to believe that in the middle of it. And I think that that movie, I was, it, it impacted me more than I think I was expecting it to. Who was the star of that? Well, this is the funny part. Jim Caviezel was Luke. Whoa. That's right. That's right. We, and we, I was like, can you we be covered Jesus? It irrelevant. I was remembering can you be Jesus yeah. and then go back to being Luke. Right. <laughs> he was. I Whoa, remember that. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. The, oh man. Took me a second to realize what was going on. Yeah. But you do wonder though, like, I mean, I think that's something we try to capture in this EP. And I, I'm so thankful that I feel like people are saying that it has come through just that. What did it actually sound like when they, you know, in, in those scriptures, it talks about them worshiping in prison and they weren't denying the fact that they were imprisoned <laughs> at the time, you know, right. they truly were. There was like, there's not a lot of hope. There's not a lot of, um, life in that there's not a lot of joy in that most likely but them worshiping what was that moment like what were those times like that they actually worshiped and what did that sound like and what were they saying what were they singing and the scripture and and the bible and especially like psalms they don't it's not about like denying the ups and downs of life or not expressing those things it's really about returning to to hope and to the goodness of God and and coming back to that always and refocusing to that. And that's what, for me, these prayers, this collection of prayers really has been about like, um, you know, this is what it looks like right now where I am, acknowledging the moments that I'm living currently, but this is what I'm going to choose to have come out of my mouth. And that's what I'm going to choose to declare and speak over my life. This is, this is what the truth is. This is what I know God to be. So what I've seen him be for other people and seen him be for me before in the past. And this is what I'm going to align the words of my mouth with right now. And so um, for me, there's still prayers I'm praying and singing, yeah. which is so cool. But And then in the scripture, too, talking about like when they did get out of prison and the doors opened up, everybody's doors opened up. Like the whole, you know, other prisoners were released. And so for me, that's once again, like what this has been like mm. hearing, hearing people and their response to this of like, man, 
I mean, I have no idea what their thoughts were in prison, thinking like, oh, if we praise and we worship, God will open these doors right up. And not just for us, but for everyone. Maybe they knew that, maybe they didn't, but um, I feel like that's how the kingdom works. And it's so cool. And so seeing that happen with some of the words that we write and the prayers and stuff has just been like, man, so much bigger than us, which is really great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thankful. I, I, uh, I listened to it out of order. I listened, I started on track two and okay. I ended on track one. Okay. <laughs> I like that. It, because maybe we, maybe we did it wrong to, sure. and to, <laughs> to go through almost like the journey and the fear and the hope and then the end on my hallelujah. Mm-hmm. It's like therapeutic, mm-hmm. you know? I like starting with it too. I like that. It That's sets a great the context, idea. you know. But yeah. then just listen to it on repeat, and you always end on number track one, right? That's so true. it's like, so I like that it bookends <laughs> it, you know. That's a, that's really but, true. I never thought about it like anyway. that. Do you do you guys struggle with like the uh, you, the songs you wrote seven eight years ago when you were in a different place and even maybe believe different things, mm-hmm. and then like those are the songs people want to hear tonight, and then here you are in a season where these other songs, which are very different, are actually where you're at. Is it hard for you to like kind of jump around in your journey like that or no? <laughs> I think I there is something about, you know, singing songs, what you what you said earlier, like, you know, a hundred or a thousand or five thousand people singing words to song that you wrote however many years ago. And there is something really special about those moments that feels unifying that feels really beautiful and so even though we wrote holy spirit you know eight years ago or whatever that was to see it still connect in a in a moment of worship where people know every single word of the song and there's always something different that happens and i think that's what's really fun for us a new group of people a new city a new whatever a, a new moment and even though it's the same you know, the same song, there still is something special about all like singing in a new place with a new group of people. Cause yeah. God is always doing something different and fresh in those, in the, in those moments. And I don't think we've really, I don't, I can't think of any songs right now that I, we've written that I don't believe anymore. I think that our understanding has evolved hmm. and hopefully continues to. And I hope that in 10 more years, like we look back and we have more to say and more of the story but I don't think there's really anything that comes yeah. to mind that I'm like, I don't really feel comfortable singing this anymore. Well, I asked, um, I asked but, John Mark McMillan this, and, yeah. and and he didn't say, like, I don't believe this anymore. Yeah. But, like, definitely there are songs that from his earlier years that he was like, uh, people want to hear it. But mm-hmm. he's just like, I'm not that guy anymore. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but, I get that. But he said that he will still perform them, but it's almost like I'm doing it for them, mm-hmm. you know, versus, like, this is a reflection of kind of me. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that seems... I get that a little bit. I can yeah. get that a little bit, maybe. Because there's, cause there's still songs that are maybe our more popular songs that you're just like, well, yeah, I'll sing, we'll sing that again because you know it's going to be a moment when everyone can connect. And I think that's part of the, the difference between being an artist and a worship leader and uh-huh. kind of combining the two. It's like, okay, the, art, the artist side of us wants to do the new, the new 
the fresh stuff, the stuff that's most meaningful and recent to us. But then the church worship leader in us that we've been doing it since we were teenagers or for Katie since she was a little kid recognizes the something that happens when in those moments of unity when everyone you know knows the words without having to look up at the screen and those really corporate moments there is something special in those and I I think so I think it's part of us bridging that gap of like artist and worship leader and and being okay it so depends on the setting that we're in because I think on a, in a tour setting, there is more of an expectation for us to kind of go in a new place. And and then at church, at our home church, we also, I mean, we have a lot of freedom and we get to take yeah. people to where we're currently at and the song of our heart right now. And um, But we, we do, I think there <laughs> we have a huge value for, as worship leaders, obviously, like not leaving anybody behind. <laughs> um, so we kind of live in this tension of like, where we are a song that we're connecting with right now that we're currently in that is something that we need to say that is um, giving us words for our season of life that is authentic and then also taking into consideration that we are serving other people and that our duty up there and our job and our privilege up there is to bring other people with us and so if we're just like whatever but all that just all that to say, I think, like, going back to some of those earlier songs, um, there's a couple songs that I had a hard time singing for a little while that yeah. were just, like, took me back. Like, we were talking about, kind of took me back to a place where I was like, oh, I'm not ready to go back here. Definitely not bringing anybody else back here. <laughs> I'm wondering if this um, I wonder if this EP will be like that for you guys. I, I it bet it will. There's just a lot of emotion around it. There's I a lot think. of, you could, you feel pain in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, when maybe the pain is healing, you're on the other side of this season. Yeah. and it's far in the rearview mirror. You're like, I don't want to go back there. Yeah. Like I'm totally. in a new place. You know, no, I, totally. There's already sure. moments that I feel like that. Like we, we just <clears> sung, um, we sang prophesy your promise at church. Like, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. And that was actually the first time we sang it at church. And it's my favorite song. Oh, thank you. I was like, Whoa, I just didn't expect this to feel like this, like singing it with everybody. But it was really cool. Once again, to see people, to see God use it beyond like, beyond us and people to connect yeah. to it and um, give people language. It was kind of, it's so funny actually singing that song. And when we get to the bridge, which is fear can go to hell. Um, Did you sing that get, at church? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's my favorite line. Oh yeah. I sang it right at church all day. I was just like, <laughs> yeah, let me did. sing this all three services loud and Shame proud. Go there too. Um, but that was the, people the, getting that was permission. Was <laughs> people getting permission to tell fear where it can go. Uh, I love it. And I loved watching people just get that level of freedom and yeah. just be like, yes, like it's, that's your sloppy wet kiss moment. Mm-hmm. That's your, right? your lyric that somebody's going to change. Somebody will change yeah. it probably. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. We, I needed that. We were joking I need to around say like, it. is someone going to say if you can go to heck or like, what, how, what are they going to change <laughs> how that can you, yeah, How can, how can you, you change that? But change that. Get out you know, of if here. You know, if you would have been in our living room when we wrote that on our piano, this is already the mild version. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just say that we've already toned it down so yeah, this is the the giving all I'm like, the fringe what are you christians say? permission to almost cuss. <laughs> christian cussing man so we do it oh my gosh oh how my do you guys gosh. uh balance the struggle between your role as a you know you're you're there where the spotlight isn't supposed to really be on you you're just mm-hmm. trying to usher in the presence of the lord and help people connect, but then you're artists. You mm-hmm. want things to be done with perfection. I think if a lot of people knew how much rehearsal and precision and yeah. countdown and like, it is a performance. Like, how do you, how do you handle that tension of artistry and perfection and performance versus just being in the presence of God? And 
it, it, you know, everything we want to do, we want to do it with excellence, right? And I think that's something that as a, as a personality type that gravitates toward perfection, I've had to kind of live in that tension of, hey, I want to steward everything God gives me with excellence. I want to, you know, put my full heart, put my full energy and time and everything into something that I feel like God's told us to do or given us as a gift. But when it comes down to it, God uses the most messy, imperfect, unprepared, you know, moments and raw moments of your life to to work and and to bless people and to anoint. And so I don't know. We kind of live in this tension of that because I think we both are really artistic and creative. And even before, you know, we started the podcast, we were talking about house stuff and interior design. And I love all things really fashion. I love, creative. yeah, I love all things creative. I know the photo shoot um, that we you put in the magazine was in your house. It's very lovely. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Nice. Yeah. Um, so I, I really appreciate all those things and I appreciate God in those things. But then in worship, you know, I'll be just like such a mess and I'll be like, feel so not ready and so vulnerable to go in that state and try to lead other people. And then God uses it so powerfully. So I guess the answer to your question is we don't know. We're human. We're superhuman. Like we're just superhuman. Well, we're not superhuman. I wish. I'm very obsessed with X-Men, but um, we're regular people. And I think that's what in this day and age, the more we're in this world with other leaders and ministers and artists and worship leaders, I think we have to remember that everyone are just people and we're all going to make mistakes and we're all learning as we go. And we all love the Lord and we're just trying to hear from him and stay connected to community and give our best and do the best that we can with what we have. If you think of other people that way, I think you you view God's creation, you view other people with so much more grace. If you think of everybody doing the best that they can with what they have, what they've been given, um, then you can appreciate kind of the beauty and imperfection that much more. And that's why I think this season of life has really <laughs> brought out in me more than ever because it's so difficult for me to put out anything ever that I feel is not polished and perfect. Hmm. It, like, challenges everything inside of me. So something I'm working out still. I just turned 30 this last year, and maybe that has something to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a really great question. Well, I love I, it. I think just in the Christian world, we we have this, I don't know, affinity maybe with with leaders and what they're doing and even social media, like presenting a life, how we want it to be presented, you know, presenting our life. Like, okay, I, I'm only going to show people this side of it. I'm only going to show people the stage or I'm only going to show people this. I'm horrible at social media. So I, I just forget <laughs> you to can post tell we for, have a, for months. We have a love hate right now. With yeah. Social media. <laughs> I forget to post for months and then it, it could just look like, Oh, I only do really cool things all the time. Or you just see pictures of my daughter. That's the only Literally things. all I do is post pictures of my right? kid or Instagram stories from basketball games. Mm-hmm. It's like, <laughs> this isn't why people follow me. If but who cares, me, right? No, it's real life. It is. It's real life. But I, but I do like that because it brings people into, I think what Katie was saying in, in a roundabout way, the beauty and imperfection. It's just like our life. This is, this is my life. This is what it looks like. There's a lot of time with my daughter. There's a lot of time in the car, going to get coffee. There's, you know, just super, super, no, it's regular, normal life stuff. Um, but then we have these little moments where we we have a really great life and we get to travel mm-hmm. and we get to see beautiful things and we get to be on stage and lead worship and perform and all those different things. And 
I don't even know what I'm saying right now. How do, you, how do you guys feel like you're in an industry of Christian celebrity? I mean, Ooh, like yeah, literally it's like weird. It's weird. you're talking about social media and <laughs> yeah. everybody kind of crafting their, you know, uh, brand and image and, yeah. and all that. And you're in a world of ministry, but celebrity. How do you- I think it's so weird. I think it's so weird. <laughs> if we're just being candid right now, I think it's so weird and unhealthy. And it's, it's but what's interesting. The right? yeah, so the right, alternative is because I, I personally follow a lot of people and I love to watch people's lives. And I'm really inspired by a lot of things I see on social media or different stuff online. So it's not all bad. And I've actually done a podcast with one of um, our pastors, our banning and yeah. Leapshire's wife on this before because they're very against it. They have teenage kids and they see the negative impacts of just like the world that we live in now. It's so different than it was even when I was growing up 10, 15, 20 years ago, especially. Um, but then the positives are like with this album, like we're talking about, I mean, we're getting DMs where people are connecting and able to share their stories. And we would have never been able to hear directly from these people without mm-hmm. that. And And then us getting to share, you know, in a different way than we can just through the music, um, through that outlet as a platform using that. And so there's moments like that. Last year, some of our friends, their son was in the hospital. And I mean, the whole world was praying. People posted about it and the whole world literally was praying for this little boy. And then we got to celebrate when God healed him and when he got to leave the hospital and everything. So there's so many positive things. And then the art side of it, you know, sharing online, um, Creative the side of curated, it. beautiful things. Even the studio, you need to share more of this online because it's beautiful. <laughs> it inspires me as I'm decorating my house. I'm like, oh, I love this, you know, your eye for design. Nobody knows. Cameron, he's a he's an interior designer. Nobody knows. Maybe everyone knows besides me. But social media, it can be powerful. It can be beautiful. It can be amazing. And then the Christian celebrity thing, you know, I think it's just unhealthy. If we put people on this pedestal of perfection, it's one thing to be inspired and to be um, attention to look up to. And hopefully all of us, I mean, like we're talking about, hopefully we're all doing the best that we can with what we have and we're seeking the Lord. And if you're in community of real people outside of social media, um, people are speaking into your life and you're growing, hopefully, and people know you and they have permission to call you up higher when you're having moments that aren't your best. Um, but I think as far as putting people on a pedestal in the Christian community and stuff like that, I think it's bound. you're bound for disappointment. Because everybody's going to go through a period in their life where it's not what you thought or you had this expectation of somebody um, and they let you down, you know? And so they're all human. human. Everyone's human. I think we can't forget that. I find myself doing it with other people like that I truly admire. And then there's something about them that's just imperfect like everyone else. And I find myself disappointed. And I'm like, why was I expecting something different? They're just people. Yeah. And, then, and then we're not extending the grace of God to that person anyway because we have these unrealistic unreal- expectations of, you know, of just a normal person. <laughs> but, yeah, all that to say, I think that's why it's confusing right now online with, with what we share and what we, we put out there. And then it's also, as, as Christians or whatever, um, sharing vulnerability online is scarier than ever because there's trolls and there's haters and there's people that are so quick to judge and forget that there's real people behind these accounts and mm-hmm. these YouTube channels yeah. and these videos that are posted of a streaming church service. That's a real person, like just loving the Lord, just trying to do their life and imperfect as they may be, you know, we just have to have yeah, grace like for each I other. I have a really 
long neck <laughs> and haters come for me and they say, wow, they do not. look no, at that really, really long do. neck on that guy. They really do. Like, Why? wow. Why? Look at that giraffe! Look at that giraffe neck. I think over there. for some reason people feel like they have <laughs> permission. <laughs> they, they, people feel like they have permission to comment online about people's like physical traits that you never would say in real life. I, it blows my mind. Well, except for kids, kids have always well, kids will say neck. anything. I That's think they're kind just of like in awe. Like, wow, that guy's got a really long. Neck. <laughs> I love it. Little. I mean, it's it's terrible when people are mean online, but. Yeah. I think what you're talking about is key, though, the the community aspect of it, yes. like that you guys are living in community. I, You know, from our vantage point, watching kind of, you know, we've been doing Relevant 19 years this year. Wow. And it's like just seeing, like, when we first started out, it's like, man, we're, we're going to be different. This generation is going to be different. Like, like, you know, we could all see the flaws of kind of our parents' generation totally. and that church world and and it's like, no, it's going to be different. And then it's not, no. you know, like now, how many years later, it's like things are the same patterns are repeating. Yeah. Leaders are broken. They're falling. And it's the structure almost of the isolation of Christian celebrities yeah. and yeah. leaders where they build kingdoms or surround themselves with yes people. And there's no community and there's no accountability. Mm-hmm. There's no transparency. Yeah. And then bad things start happening and, you know, and then all of a sudden it comes out. And then it's like, it's just, but it's not like overnight. It's like just, but it's like the machine. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, well, I'm on stage. Everybody wants a piece of me. I need to withdraw. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like, that's just, and how the, like how you guys are out there and everybody wants a piece of you. Everybody has an opinion about you and you are then putting on an album like you just did where it's like vulnerable and transparent. And like, it's just seems like it gives me hope that like, you know, maybe we can have leaders who truly are vulnerable and live in community and yeah. aren't kind of like putting up the facade, right? Because the facade will crack. Totally. Yeah. And I think for us, I remember we do we do goals for our life. Like every January, uh, Katie and I will go for coffee. This is a testament to Katie. She's like, let's let's do this. <laughs> Type I'm like, A All personality right. over here. So I'm like, let's we'll write it the down. Planner. We'll let's go for right. coffee. Like okay. we'll, yeah. we'll do goals. And I remember when we three or four years ago, it was about maybe five years ago now about being intentional about community and finding a handful of people that were realizing community takes, takes risk and it takes time Mm -hmm. and being really busy traveling a whole bunch. And, and we were like, okay, you know what? We're only home for two days. Let's go over to our friend's house after their kids are asleep. We're really tired, but two hours and let's just, talk and hang and whatever, watch a movie, talk about life. And slowly that has developed into a small group of people that we feel like we can fully do life with. And we were telling you earlier, we bought houses on the same street and we're like, okay, we're going to be as intentional as possible because we now see the value in it. And, and I think Mm -hmm. you, you notice people when they don't have community because they don't really know how to go deep in conversation. They don't know how to interact around people mm-hmm. for longer than, you know, a few minutes because we, it's so easy to, to get isolated. It's so easy yeah. to, to suck back and just be like, okay, you know, I don't need that. I have my own social media community or whatever, which yeah. is a real life community. No. Yeah. And There's a false sense, I think of being known and vulnerability with the, the age that we live in right now. And it can, it can work for a little while. And then you realize, like, there's no real people that know me. 
that, that really know what I'm going through that can be there for me. For this, for me, this last year, I had some pretty like intense like depression. And the first thing that went off for me was like, I'm like offline. I don't have anything to say. And I definitely felt really vulnerable. I'm like, I'm not going to share anything about my life right now because it's just like a mess. And who was at my door, you know, who was going to actually know something was off without me saying, or who was going to physically be Mm -hmm. there for me. And those were my closest friends that know me outside of that season, outside of that moment that aren't there just to like my post or comment or, you know, share a whatever. And I was so grateful. I was just so grateful. I'm like, God, I think that goals thing that we wrote down four or five years ago, I never knew I would need it in this way. And for this reason, but I did. And I was just so incredibly grateful. And now I think that's something that we really want to teach our daughter because it's only going to be more difficult in this, in this age, I think where, you know, you can feel, you can feel really known by people. You really can for a day or so after you post something even vulnerable online and you get this response from people and you get the DMs and whatever and 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 then it goes away, you know? Mm. And then nobody knows unless you post again what, what's really going on in your life. Yeah. And it's just so easy. And there is this temptation, I think part of it is because like you were saying, we've seen like the generation before it could get unhealthy the other direction too, where it's like, you know, it just can get weird and like there's like communes and everything and right, right, right. Um, right. discipleship true. and all this stuff all that right, maybe yeah. went a little off, but there's not, we can't swing to the other direction and self-made, I don't need anybody, you know, I'll take care of myself. And I think that's the temptation, at least for me and for a lot of people that I know of like, well, I'm going to hustle, you know, I'm going to make sure on my own that I can take care of everything I need and I don't need anybody. And I got here on my own Yeah, <laughs> and that's not healthy and that's not the Lord. And it's only going to last for so long. <laughs> I mean, well, you guys are in a position where professionally and from a spiritual calling, you're pouring out all the time. And the yeah. question is like, who's pouring into you, yeah. you know, other than each other. I mean, but yeah. like yeah. that, that's the thing of the trap of isolation is like, if there's totally. no, like somebody pouring into your mm-hmm. life, like, you know, it's, I don't know. It's like things get wonky. Even I, that, even just pouring into each other. I mean, we don't have, we're, we've been married almost 10 years and we don't have everything that the other person needs just in ourself. You know, that he what? needs friends. <laughs> I'm blowing his I'm mind. Not right everything now. you need? No, but I mean, I think we realize like there's, and I think, I guess this is, we're sharing this with the world, but you really do see in, even in our parents, I'm like, there was different periods of time where I'm like, who are your guys' friends? Like, who do you hang out with? Right. Who, who does dad go and just like have time with other guys that they can just share vulnerably and that know him? And it broke my heart because I felt like they didn't, they yeah. just had each other for a while there. And um, I really didn't want that for us. I really feel like that we've needed other people yeah. that have known us and that can speak into our life and just to have fun with, you know, yeah. we can't be everything for each other. I think fun is it's underrated, underrated, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because we could just, we can just live life and hustle and achieve and do, you know, what everyone's trying to do to get some measure of success in life and some measure of comfortability and fun just makes life better. Mm-hmm. We've had a huge value for that in what the last while. Do, what, what do you do for fun? I'm a huge animal lover. So, uh, yeah. like, literally yesterday. You only like large animals? Any kind of animal, basically. Well, you said a huge animal. Lover. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Physically giant animals, yeah. like elephants, like whatever. Elephants, yeah, elephants, you know. No, any animal, basically, besides, like, snakes. I'm more <laughs> indifferent towards snakes. But um, yesterday, on the 
yesterday. Is that when I flew in here? Yeah. yeah. Last night I flew in by a service dog and he was kind of a service dog, but it was his first flight and he was huge, like a hundred pounds, but it kind of made my day. It just <laughs> made me happy. And anyway, but for fun, I, we love, we like hosting. We'll have friends yeah, over. We love yeah. Hosting Barbecues. People. Good. I'm big on that. Um, yeah. That's a huge part Making of even the reason why we people. moved. Yeah. yeah. I think being around our friends and then we have two dogs. So I'm obsessed with them. And then our baby girl, she's nine months. And mm-hmm. it's given us a whole new appreciation for fun and memories and doing stuff for an experience. Yeah. And, and yeah. Um, I think I heard you guys talking about it a podcast recently. Maybe this was a different podcast, but just doing stuff for experiences, for, for memories, like as 100%. gifts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to me, like yeah. my, five years ago, I got the opportunity to go up to Bob Goff's lodge up in Canada. Yeah. yeah. He wrote Love Does. Yeah, I yeah. You know. Yeah. And I was my I was going through, I was separated at the time. Mm-hmm. I, like literally like six weeks earlier, my wife left. Wow. And you'd show up. I don't know any of these people there. Mm-hmm. And the lo- the unconditional love and that his family showed yeah. Like with no agenda, and he has like ten jet skis and <laughs> ten dirt bikes, and we hiked up and jumped off of cliffs and just wow. you know go up in the seaplane and just yeah. all these things are just like all these memories that yeah. I, I yeah I talked to him about this. It's like I you know in the Christian world growing up is like you know flashy or or conspi- I don't know. I grew up in that faith world where you know. Creflo Dollar has planes and stuff. And that just disgusted me. I was like, that didn't feel like Jesus. And so I didn't want to be like that. So I, you know, like I, I want to live publicly humbly or I don't want to. And, but here Bob, like was a super successful lawyer and has just a ton of resources and mm-hmm. he has like a fleet of boats and stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, how do you rectify that with like, you know, and he goes, well, if I had like one jet ski, that'd be for me. But if I have a fleet, it's for other people. <laughs> <laughs> I love That's it. And it's crazy. for others. So it's it. selfless and it's giving, it's generous. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, heck yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and it just something happened in me. Like I want to create experiences and memories for mm-hmm. others. And like I, 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 I went over to Israel and had Shabbat dinner with a family. And I don't know if you ever experienced their Friday night, no technology, turn everything off. And they just eat and there's wow. wine and it's just stories and Man, no distractions. We right? to go to Israel real it, bad. It, I've, I was there probably five times over a few years and wow. uh, just exploring peacemaking between yeah. Palestinians and Israelis and, but just being in the Holy land. I mean, there's just something about the hospitality wow. of that region and the people there, they're, even the people who have nothing, refugees who have nothing, they're so generous. So wow. they'll give you the one mat that they have in their refugee tent and they'll serve mm-hmm. you tea. I mean, it's just so, and it's like, I want to be like that, you know, and and I came back and started doing family dinner every month and just like have 30 people in the backyard and have, you know, so cool. Italian food and just uh-huh. conversation and just like community is so important yeah. and like making memories with people like that is so life giving to me, mm-hmm. you know, and if like the Lord's given me a home that I can host others, heck yeah, we're doing that. Yes. Home, you know, I love that. I, I think that's something that that comes up on our little thing in January that we do every single year. And I think it's just something God's spoken to us of like, um, creating memories and, and then being generous. Like you're talking about being generous, right? And with Bob Goff, it's like, I love that. I love that picture that he paints of, wouldn't Jesus do that? Yeah. Wouldn't Jesus have 10 jet skis for yeah. everybody to come have this memory? And <laughs> right. how many years later that you're still talking about yeah. that moment and what that meant to you, especially at that time when you needed it, to just go and have fun and experience something yeah. 
just amazing. And so I think that's something that we really want to be for other people too. Yeah. I think the thing that if I'm stepping back and looking at the issue that I've observed in leadership in Christianity, Christian culture, it's like the isolation and competitiveness Mm -hmm. of everything Mm -hmm. has like, there's no friendships in, in their peer group, right? There's, yeah. It's hard, yeah. You know, it's almost like if you get a room of like Christian leaders together, they're all jockeying for position, mm-hmm. oh. you know? B- Banning went to the game with me last <laughs> night. He's one of the most competitive people. Right? Banning is so competitive. He's ridiculous. And I, I brought know. my pastor too. And I knew, and I knew who's a little competitive too. And they both started their churches around the same time. And I thought, oh, man. okay, they're either going to be by the end of this game, best friends or yeah. somebody punched somebody, right. you know, like I just didn't know they became best <laughs> friends. So I mean, it's like, that's good. Whew. Okay. I thought they'd like each other, but the, the, uh, so many like Christian leaders like are competitive mm-hmm. and like, okay, can we just lay that down and just yeah. like realize yeah. like, Hey, we're all broken. We're all flawed. Can we just be friends? And like, yeah. I understand what you're going through. Yeah. You know, we don't need to, you know, I go to Montana every year and, and, and do this where it's like, we just go for a week yeah. and, get away and make memories and shoot off fireworks and just do dumb stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so like, fun. these are now lifelong friends, but yeah. like every year I have to like be, make that a priority that I, pr- I protect that Montana mm-hmm. week. You need to come to Montana with us. <laughs> Montana is so beautiful. Heard, heard. I think we do. We need stuff Cody like that. Came. Cody came. Cody that did come. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah. You'll Skyler have to go. comes every year. Yeah. He loves outdoors. I don't care if you're not an outdoorsy guy, you need to come. You should go. We'll you sit, we'll in that, sit in the cabin and read a book. It is fine. You don't have to do outdoorsy okay. stuff. Okay. <laughs> He's okay. actually not. You I'm are Canadian. somewhat outdoorsy. He is Canadian. Yeah. Um, we need a safe place. Like you said, well, I think why shouldn't we be able to be safe with other peers that are in our world that know better than anybody else? Kind of like, you know, what we're experiencing yeah. or what we're battling. And I think it's so important. I'm I'm part of this text thread with. Um, some different girls that are not, most of them aren't in the Christian music industry, but they're all touring moms is what we called it. Actually, we've renamed the group since, but it's been so life-giving because more than anybody, they understand like, you know, we're experiencing this different, this different version of motherhood, right? Because we're all traveling and we have little ones and it's just been so cool instead of competition, instead of like, oh, well, I just, you know, this weird, this weird energy and weird vibe, um, we're able to actually share with each other and be a safe place for each other to kind of process like what we're experiencing, what we're going through. And it makes me want that for other areas of my life. And, mm. um, yeah. And I, that's what we want to be for other people. Honestly, that's what I, I really want other people to, and other people that do what we do and other female, especially women that are in ministry that are doing music, whatever, to feel really comfortable and really safe around around me and feel really inspired and encouraged if anything that they leave. I love that. What's that quote about, you know, people aren't going to remember what you say to them, but they're going to remember how you made them feel. Feel, yeah. And that is something that has stuck with me forever. I'm like, oh, I remember the people like you're even you're talking about like your memory with Bob Goff. Like it was how you felt around him more. Well, I was, I was, I was going through a season where, you know, i a person who was rejecting me for mm-hmm. who I was, right? Walking out of my mm-hmm. life. And then they embraced me with no agenda yeah. and unconconditionally. And I had never experienced that. Mm-hmm. And it changed it just, your life, it sounds oh, like. It changed yeah. my life. Yeah. I mean, it was a BCAD moment for me. Wow. And it was like, okay, I want to live like that. I want to, that I have a model now. Yes. You know, and it, it, how he made me feel. I want to make yeah. other people feel that way. Totally. And there's been people in our life that, 
I think that's why we're so passionate about this kind of stuff is because there's been people in our life at the right time that have been that for us yeah. and we'll, we're forever changed. Yeah. And now we want to have, create that same experience for other people. Yeah. Um, I'll say like in the worship community, the last five years, there has been somewhat of a transition uh, where it feels less competitive and more yeah. community. And some of it is testament to people like, um, like a Tim Hughes, we had some different gatherings and then Brian and Jen Johnson from, from Bethel music where they were just like, we're going to host a, a gathering of these worship leaders mm-hmm. from around the world. All different movements. And it could yeah. be real weird or it could be amazing and who knows. And, and so it's, there's been like maybe three or something of them and people post about it when it's happening and stuff like that. But, but from that, there's, you're not going to be best friends with everybody. But you're going to find people within that that you connect to that will become lifelong friends that you that in other that probably would have just been in some sense competition. If that makes you know, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to say that. That's not what that not is exactly competition, but, but that you just, just watch from afar you, and yeah, like, you yeah. know. It's just, yeah, yeah like that you were saying, it's just kind of well, like that, this underlying. A, a, a jockeying for like ranking almost. Yeah. And not yeah. that you're intentional no, about it, but it's true. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, they're at the top of the heap and I'm, I want to be, you know, it's mm-hmm. like. But when I, you see them face to face and you have a conversation with them and you begin to get their heart and, and who they really are, it's like, wow, I like, I'm more inspired than anything. And I'm and, invested in and you and as a person. invested in you. And when I see you post, my first thought isn't going to be, Oh man, that looks awesome. I wish I could be doing that. It's going to be more like I'm going to pray for them or I'm going to be like so proud of them or yeah. I'm going to check out what they're doing because because you impacted me on a personal level as awesome. opposed to just like you know, yeah. I see what you're doing from afar. When you connect in person like even this, I feel like you know, we're sitting around in person meeting each other and now if you were to post something like a huge victory in your life, how much easier would it be to celebrate that with you or vice versa? Like if there's like a moment, um, you know, that has been tougher that you're like, I need people to rally around me. Those people that have connected to you, it's just easier. Right. And so I think that's something that I just, I want to spend more time doing is connecting in person and real life face-to-face moments where like Brian's saying, like how much easier to be inspired and to celebrate the victories instead of just seeing, Oh, that person charted higher than me, or this song is number one on CCLI now. And my song's not. And it's just so much more exciting and connected feeling than it's ever been. Yeah. I feel like that's how I feel. Yeah. And um, I think those meetings and those gatherings and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, those have contributed to that like majorly. Well, I want to be part of those. In I the mean, future. bring it full circle. You guys, putting out an EP like you just did kind of sets an example and gives permission to your peers to do something that's raw and vulnerable too. And I think, I mean, honestly, I think we're going to see because you guys are all more connected because there's more trust and like Mm -hmm. connection between you, like, like, okay, you stepped out, you stuck your neck out to like be raw and like, I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing that influence so many other artists and that they're making worship that's yeah. a little bit more like, I don't know. I think you guys, I think we're going to see a shift and you guys are a major catalyst in it. Wow. Thanks. And it's, Thanks. I'm excited and I welcome it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm telling you guys, uh, your story and what you've gone through and as hard as I'm sure it was, God has used it to 
put an imprint on my life and wow. so many countless others. And I'm just really appreciative. I'm just, Thank I'm really you. appreciative that you guys uh, really took a risk to do what you're doing and, and didn't play the formula and just didn't do the same old thing. And, you know, you opened up. Wow. That means the, a lot. Thank sure. you so much. Really well, thanks does. for doing this. This is a lot thanks of fun. Thanks for having us. I appreciate it. It was awesome. That was Katie and Brian Torwalt. Make sure to check out their new album, Praise Before My Breakthrough. You'll thank me. Hey, if you like this episode of Unedited, I'd love your help spreading word about the show. Subscribing, rating, and reviewing it on iTunes helps a ton, as well as sharing it on social media. It's been fun seeing uh, all the posts you guys have been doing, and we appreciate it very much. You won't want to miss our next episode when I'm joined by the founder of Fear of God and the man on the cover of the current issue of Relevant, Jerry Lorenzo. The trend-setting work he's doing is disrupting the fashion world, the sneaker world. And in our conversation, he opens up about his journey, his deeply personal faith, and how he wants to change the world through fashion. It's awesome. I'm Cameron Strang. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time. Relevant Podcast Network.